This is exactly right. Steven, that please edit that. Hey, it's the 100th episode of My Favorite Murder the podcast. Remember the podcast you've listened to 99.08 uh, oh, times? Holy crap. <clears throat> I'm pouring myself and Steven a glass of this beautiful rose champagne that today I was, Vince and I were walking by this wine store and I was like, oh, let me go and get a bottle for the 100th episode. And the, I'm looking through this thing and this cute girl with blue hair is like, I love the podcast. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. And then the chick behind the counter who owns the place is like, I love it too. And oh. they both started like talking to me about it. And it was really sweet. Ugh. And so I just wanted to, um, to say thank you to Eno Vino, to Suzanne at Eno Vino and Jen Spain Photography. Well, exciting. I have a cup of tea. <laughs> I have a cup of tea and we have a cake com- from Carvel. That's right. Stephen went and picked it up at the one Los Angeles location that's been there for a long time. Yeah, they've been there for a, for a while and they were very sweet. And Yeah, they've been after got us an ice cream cake. to give it to us. Yeah. Amazing. So fucking cool. I mean, I don't even remember having the conversation about talking about how we were going to have this cake on this day. I don't remember talking about 99 episodes worth of things. And so yet, true. Here we are. And yet, we're just going to keep on talking. Yeah. Bloody blah. <laughs> Let's, first we have presents from Steven. Yeah. Um, let's just describe these because we walked upstairs into the beautiful podcast loft and on the podcast coffee table there are two what i i refer to as hat boxes gorgeous red like gilded hat boxes spoilers okay oh okay other hats another hat (laughs) oh my god this is beautiful it is Ooh. Uh uh-oh what are these are these head mics? Are these microphones? <laughs> they're like, are these like Janet Jackson mics? Yeah. <gasps> Steven! Oh my God! Steven got us head mics. Is this, <laughs> this is what having a hundred podcasts is like. <laughs> Holy shit, Steven. <laughs> We're going to record. We're going to record like gamers do oh. when they, when they record themselves for YouTube. They, it's totally true. When you can do all your dance moves and everything. Yes. Oh, Steven. You can like, you can move your body the way you've always wanted to, Karen, when we're recording. I've wanted one of these my whole life. Shut up. I've just never had a reason for I it. I love it. Steven. Steven, thank you. We didn't get you again. <laughs> we're going to. No, I'm so glad you like them. I mean, they're just like, they're just so fun. They're and beautiful. Like, just watching Janet Jackson is just like, yeah. do it. Oh, we're going to be on the next level. Can we plug them in now? Uh, that might take a while. Okay, can we just right. put them on though? Yeah, you can on. just wear them. Okay, cool. Um, they kind of look see. like um, like retain. What are the retainers that <laughs> yeah. people head, head gear? They look like headgear <laughs> if you need a visual, and it's totally like what someone would wear like in Top Gun or something like that. In a and they yep. have like um, they've got like foam 
it's just really intense. I feel like I get um, very, it's not that often that someone gives me the perfect gift because I don't, I don't talk about what I like that mm-hmm. much. I only talk about and focus on what I hate. Um, <laughs> and this is just such a fucking hilarious. This is it's such perfect. a perfect gift. It's such a lovely. Uh, it's so perfect for such a lovely gesture for us for this occasion. <laughs> Everything about it. I've thank never you. been happier in my life. Oh my gosh! Well, it's just yeah. It's You're just blushing. A special day. <laughs> thank you. So, like, you thank know what you it is? So much. He's forced to listen to us. Uh huh. So he has to. He has to pay attention to what we say. He doesn't want the mic to keep bumping against my teeth anymore, like it always does. <laughs> the foam on teeth is real gross to begin with. Um, how is your the background noise of just gift yeah. wrap paper constantly being touched? I mean, that's the new ASMR thing. So. Oh yeah, Karen. Oh. I think that you're just going to start wearing this always. I I think you're exactly like to right. sleep <laughs> and when you're in the car and you're on the phone. I have to say, I have a lot of the same feelings that I had when I was. Uh, I think I've told you the story when I was like four or five, and my sister, my aunt Jean, gave my sister a pair of red cowboy yes. boots for her birthday, and the second I saw her open the box i screamed grabbed them put them on and would not take them off and i wore them for like three years and this i have very much the same feeling with can this. i say so you and i had blah 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 said like we'll get each other presents for the 100th <laughs> episode so that looks great on you does it oh my god you look like um you look like you work at a call center <gasps> thank you you look like you like know. ann rule in the 70s yes. with ted bundy you look like you work next to ted bundy i'm trying to help people but i'm also making friends with one of the most legendary sailor, serial killers of all time yes yeah um so i was like well what do i get karen and i've been stressing about it for like a week spoiler alert i got you nothing which is totally my style i stress and stress don't do anything about it you froze so i had but i had good ideas and actually initially those red cowboy boots you talked about i was gonna get a cake made that were red cowboy boots Oh my god! No, I didn't do it though. No, so. but that doesn't matter. That's an amazing <laughs> I idea. Po- I, I have a yes. couple. I had a couple, so I want points for them. Even though you I get didn't fifty do it. points for red cowboy boot cake. I have a great amazing. imagination and crippling anxiety that doesn't let me do anything <laughs> about it. It's that follow through. But I am an honest believer, and it's the thought that counts. I am too. I really am. I am too. Okay, great. So that was going to be one. Then I was thinking I'd either go get. A tattoo, or have a tattoo artist come here for us and give us SSDGM tattoos while we were recording. But I couldn't remember if you wanted one or not. So okay, well then I would have gotten one. Uh, I mean, I love the idea of it. Yeah, but I want to get it's one. It's just someday. not me. Yeah. I have a tattoo yeah. that I shouldn't have gotten right. in the first place, and in getting it, realized yeah. I'm not a tattoo person. I get that. Um, so that was another idea. <laughs> And then, oh, and then I was just going to wrap, I was going to gift wrap really well, a beautiful, like Christmassy gift wrapping, gorgeous, just a pan of cheesy potatoes. Like my lady from um, Unhealthy Obsessions or whatever that TLC show is. Oh, yeah. Because you love cheesy potatoes. Cheesy potatoes. And we eat them backstage a lot. Yeah. So I was going to do that. Some version of potato and cheese or pasta and cheese. Maybe mac and cheese. I make a good mac and cheese. Maybe that. Green things make us cry. Someday. Cheesy potatoes. Yeah. Save our life. Well, uh, here's thank you for all those thoughts and for stressing (laughs) about it. That's even more of a gift of like true anxiety over it Mm -hmm. means a lot. I uh, came up with the idea. And when you said, oh, really? Like, 
And then I was like, yes. And then immediately forgot and haven't thought about it since I walked in the door and you were like, I didn't get you anything. And oh. I was like, okay. You're <laughs> like, oh, why would you? I don't ever get me anything. And I'm like, but we both said, but I immediately I was like, oh, thank God. She forgot to, or she like didn't do it either. It's just so classic me. That would be like my bossy idea. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> well, good thing I didn't follow through, right? Yes. You have no memory of it and I have no follow through. And together, that's a hundred episodes, man. Did we? We are we it was a match made in heaven for yeah, real it really was because it's like it's a, a friend of mine the other day I forgot we had made dinner plans and then she texted me I was like now like I had to move one night on her then she texted and she was like now I have to move a night and I was like yay like it's never bad news to me yeah when you flake cancel oh God, I love it or I just never hear from you again it's always <laughs> a relief to me if you see me out at night I really like you <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like I, or you, you already think I'm a flake, and I can't. I've used up all my flakingness on you. Yes, you're scared. Yeah, there are a couple of friends that are like, "Oh, you're actually here," but then they're always like, "But you always make me come to your side of town." When I'm like, "Where should we go?" I'm like, "Down the street." It's so great over here. Well, but here's the thing. And this is how it is sometimes. You got a cop. If you live in an area where it's just not that cool. Yeah. Like you can go out. This is the thing. You have to like master plan. You have to think of everybody in the plan because there are people who are like, oh, I'm married and I have a kid. So if we go to dinner, I don't give a shit where we go mm -hmm. because it's all the same to me. Mm hmm. But if you're like a single lady trying mm -hmm. to maximize your time because you finally left the house mm -hmm. after two weeks, you don't want to go to fucking the grandma restaurant at but 6 p.m. you also don't want to go to like when your friend's like, when you're single and your friend's like, just come over and we'll make, I'll make dinner. Like, no, no I want way. the possibility of seeing a hot guy at a bar. We don't waste my time in front of your TV. No, I 100% get that. Yes. Yeah. It's like if I if I'm going to make the monstrous effort. Oh, yeah. Of putting clothes on this body and rolling on outside. Mm -hmm. we, we've got to actually do something that's like yeah. worth the while. Plus, there's no way your fucking whatever salad you throw together is going to be good as like a cheese plate from the fucking nice restaurant. Yes. And let's spend some money. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. Who it's cares? Christmas time. And did you hear about the asteroid that came within three miles of the Earth? No, I love that, though. I mean, guys, we're on a clock. Let's oh my God. maximize this fun, sure. <laughs> please, this Christmas season. I went to my uh, Hanukkah party last weekend, over the weekend, which was super fun. And all my young, sweet cousins listened to the podcast. No, how and young? Like, well, they're like in their, they're like just out of college. Oh. So they're all cool. Stop, Savannah, Jillian. Hi, ladies. Hi. They're just like sweet little angels. And then, and I love them. It's so very cool. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I had family too who were like, it's people that you don't expect. I was the young, like 20 year olds that I know or yeah. that, that like Lauren and, and Connor and Johnny know are my family. Yeah. You know, I'm always like, they don't care about anything uh, from my uh, era. Right. Like, why would they? Right. They're, we're boring old people. We're boring old people. They're all making their own homemade porn. <laughs> it's like the life, the way we live is so different that mm -hmm. it's like we might as well be from different sides of the planet. Sure. So good. God bless. Go do your thing. Yeah. So when they come and they're like, oh my God, all my friends like you. It's yeah. like, what? It honestly feels like a ghost has walked through the wall and been like, oh my God, we like you on it's our like side. It's like validating you suddenly. Yes. It's like, oh my God, I'm not it's this. validating you from people that you're like, I had to d dismiss your group because yeah. it's sad when old people want young people yeah. to think they're cool. But podcasts, there's something about them. It's all old people. It's mind control. Mm -hmm. It's mind control. Mm -hmm. 
How's my headset look? It looks still <laughs> glorious. You look like <laughs> Judith from HR. And then every time you say something, you have to touch your the earpiece lightly. That's right. Because I'm also, I have to be honest, I'm a little bit playing... Um, Newscopter for uh, pilot. Yes. Like I'm a traffic reporter Come right in, now. Karen. <clears throat> we have Karen K in the sky. Guys, I'm looking right down at the I five and everything's on fire. Oh, on <laughs> on my way here. Well, that's the only thing you can say. <laughs> yeah. That's like the only time they bring Karen K out is when there's a fire. In the Southland, uh-huh. it's always on fire. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's twenty eighteen and we're on fire. <laughs> Um, sorry, I did a terrible radio voice, but on the exit to come here, uh-huh. there was a, there was a slowdown, of course. It was, mm. I went five miles an hour the whole time. Mm-hmm. This, it's so fascinating to talk about LA traffic. Oh, everyone loves it. But, um, when I took the exit, there was like a huge tow truck. And then when we all had to drive by it real slow, it was a Maserati that had rear ended like a <gasps> Kia. And it was, Ooh. I laughed so hard because it, a Maserati is, why do you drive that car? No. no. You're just flossing. You're just trying to make people think a you're Maserati. important. Oh God. And then, Our one listener who drives a Maserati right now is like, I fucking knew it. My, <laughs> my brother told me it was cool. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. You know, and I'm taking this fork. We brought forks up here. I'm I'm digging into this Carvel cake. A, uh, eating food on a podcast into a microphone is now AMSM, ASMR, right? <laughs> it's ASMS, uh, ASAP. Oh, my God. It's not so good. Fuck. Okay, let's fucking cooking channel unique sweets this for a minute. Do it. Can I say? Yeah. All right. Steven, are you going to eat any of this? Steven, there's a fork. Fudgy the whale cake. We're... I said, grab the cake and four and three forks. Mm-hmm. And you got so excited that I didn't say plates. Yeah. Because there's no fucking chance we're cutting this and putting it on plates. What kind of monsters do you think we are? Yeah. This isn't fucking tea time with Karen and Georgia or whatever. <laughs> um, it It's an ice cream cake, but there's like a layer of marshmallow fluff in it. It's crunchy from the like, it's like cookie pieces. That's what it's like famous for. Right. Right. And it's got the like fudgy... Um, frosting and just a little bit of cake. It's not a ton of cake. It's there's barely any cake. That there's also a strip of caramel. Oh my god! Underneath this fudge frosting, it's oh like my, my mouth is watering and I'm eating it at the yeah. same time. That's how good it is. What's really fun about eating a thing? Wait, I should talk. Mm-hmm. I should talk in the microphone. Mm-hmm. What's really fun about eating a thing like this, like when you become an adult, is you get to eat it and make as big a mess as you want. Yeah. Mm. Also, here's what's really funny. I think there's a lot of people on the East Coast that probably think this is hilarious mm-hmm. because we're describing a thing that'd be like, oh my God, it's like the peanut butter is right next to the jelly. Where they're like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's had this. You don't need to describe it. This is our childhood thing. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> Every single person had this for their birthday party. Yeah, it's like you But we it. didn't. No, I've never had that in my life. Mm-mm, me either. It's the best. Fuck. Let's get sugar high. Mm-hmm. And party. Mm-hmm. You know what's so funny? If we can get into it really quickly. Someone tweeted today at us. Yes. And said, okay, hold on. Stephen, wait, hold on. They said, please eat a whole cake on the show. And I said, sounds great. And we did it. I'd love to. He said, you know what? That's a great idea. That's my gift to you is dessert for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) My God. That's so good. I want to cry. Stephen, don't you love it? Stephen, keep eating it. So good. Keep eating it. Keep eating it while I find this tweet. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. All right. A guy named, his Twitter handle is Manny Patinkin? Oh my God, Manny Patinkin. Mm. Manny2189. Mm. Texas uh, added us to Twitter said, so you guys talked about the staircase death a lot in the start of your podcast days. But you guys never fully got into it, and I still have no idea what it is. And owl question mark? Someone sent us that today. Really? Yes. That's hilarious. How weird is that? Because on our first episode, and Stephen went back and listened to it, wrote up some nice notes for us. It's called due diligence. That's right. And he he did it. He he did his diligence. He He did his duty. So we didn't have to do no duty. Exactly. But. We talk about the staircase. We both believed, I think for a while, we believed we had covered it, but it was just conversation, mm-hmm. a long conversation. Mm-hmm. And then the fun reveal that you told me was that then when we decided, okay, for the 100th episode, we're going to cover the staircase together officially. I just, I just realized I'm like trying to surprise everyone by telling them that we're doing the staircase, but then I just realized they saw it in the description of the podcast episode when they press play, probably. Yeah. So it's not a surprise. Damn it's it. not. And, you know, at some point you got to reveal the surprise. What if, Stephen, you put in the description, surprise 100th episode case? Yeah, yeah I can do that.
Okay. Oh my God, they're going to fucking shit. Guys, surprise. <laughs> but there is a surprise because then what, what was your reveal? Okay, so yesterday, like, <laughs> not yesterday, last week, this is how fucking, this is how professional this podcast is. As Karen and Stephen are walking out of my door after we recorded and we're trying to guess like what, what we were going to, we want to cover a story together, blah, blah, blah. And as we're walking out the door, are you walking out the door? I'm like, stare, one of us is like, staircase, great, goodbye. I think it was you. Okay. Uh, and so credit, I credit. Thank you, but I don't want to. I don't need it. <laughs> I turn on the staircase to watch it and realize I have just been bullshitting it this past couple years when people are like, have you seen the staircase? And I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to be like, no. Right, of course. <laughs> you know. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And I kind of convinced myself that I had seen it. But as we're watching episode one, I was like, oh, my God, I've never fucking seen this. <laughs> I've watched the forensic files about it and I've read a ton about it, but I've never fucking watched the actual documentary. It's so funny. Basically, the entire relationship and our story, our yes. origin story is predicated on the fact that we both talked endlessly about the staircase at that at Matt's Halloween party. Yeah. And all of that's a lie. That's like a miss. But I remember. still knew about it. No, of course. But I didn't know. I didn't know. You know what? After watching most of it, I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> God <laughs> bless just you. just goes to show what a fucking glass of whiskey will do. <laughs> <laughs> but you did in that way where this is, this is one of the stories that's been around for so long. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that where the first couple uh, true crime, like, you know, 48 hours types of shows that mm -hmm. I saw about it presented it in a very clean, clear cut way. Yeah. I went back and watched the forensic files, which we'll talk about once we get through it, but it's definitely, uh, this is the story. And then shit just keeps throughout the years getting added onto it. Yes. And it's really crazy. And I do have to say, watching the documentary gave me a completely different. So you guys go watch the staircase. It's like a 10 part documentary. Yeah. 45 minutes each or something like that. This is what I love about this case is it's all opinion. I mean, there, it, there's just so many potential. This is, I feel like this is the part of true crime where people started to go, Oh, yeah. The justice system. I, and I should say this white people mm -hmm. or like not people of color started to go. Oh, the justice system could get swayed one way or the other based on what the people in charge think of who they're trying. Right. And that I don't oh. think anyone really, really looked at that much before this case where there's like, now look at it this yeah. way. And then you're like, oh, my God, they hated him because of this and that. I mean, this is the original jinx. This is the original making a murderer. Like, if you have feelings about that, you know, you need to watch this. I yeah. think this was way before it's you know time and i think this also like two years before right <laughs> god it seems so vintage doesn't it <laughs> well the uh like the american justice i watched today was super vintage Ooh. yeah yeah well i watched the forensic okay let's talk about the fucking case all right fucking let's get into this are deep. we getting into it so this is this is the the death of kathleen peterson period <laughs> <laughs> the episode of the American Justice that I watched starring Bill Curtis from 2004 was oh, called no. Blood on the Staircase. Okay. Well, the Forensic Files I, is called A Novel Idea. Oh, no. Because he was a no. writer. Because he was a novelist. It's a novel idea to kill your wife? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Love it. Blood on the Staircase. Okay. Um... Fuck. Sorry, Steve. Hold on one second. I, can I just say, yeah. 
oh wait are we gonna cut that out entirely because georgia got up to get something oh, yeah. and as she walked over to the her stairs started walking down and goes oh my god what if i fall down these stairs wouldn't that be great if i just died <laughs> Are you falling down the stairs? So clean, hundredth episode. Hundredth episode about a staircase fall. About a staircase fall. You can't see anything, so Stephen and I can actually say anything we want yeah. happened. Yeah. And as long as we're on the same page, and the recording would be played in court over and over yeah. again. Because as I yell, I go, "No, Karen and Stephen." Right. That's what I yell for no reason. And then I'll be like, "Your Honor, you can clearly hear Stephen stroking his mustache. <laughs> you know he's sitting down." Yeah. You yeah. can hear me eating cake yeah. and drooling about fucking cake. Well, where was the cake place at the time? Was it on the staircase? It was into my mouth. Okay. The whole time. Should we just read them at the same time? Exactly. Sure. And then I was thinking... <laughs> you mean two people talking uh-huh. at the same time? Perfect. We just can say, ready. On December... Go yeah. ahead. 19th, 72. Also, I sh- also, I think at the beginning of this, we should say what we think, like, what we think the truth is. Okay. And... I think we should say that till the end. Well, I'm going to convince you as, as my truth. Okay. What are you about? What about you? Well, I was just going to, I mean, maybe we just talk through okay. it as, and, as we go. And we'll just, and if then we're we'll yelling at each other. Then we have different opinions. Yes. If we're like building each other up. <laughs> if love can build a bridge. Yeah. Then we both think he's guilty. Uh, I definitely think he's guilty. Oh, good. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 100%. I mean, come on. Well, you know what's funny is before I watched the doc, the staircase, I thought, I was like, well, the owl theory makes so much sense, which we'll get to you guys. Yes. But now that I'm like, oh, no, you're so sweet, baby angel. You think that fucking... UFOs exist and and an owl. Well, they do now. We know they, now. We know they do. They do. Uh, alien unidentified uh, alien alloys have been discovered. Aliens exist. We've all. I've known that. Anyone that watches Ancient Aliens knows it and has known it for quite some time. <laughs> Sidebar: A Siamese cat knows that they're fucking aliens. That aliens live here. They were here first. Uh-huh. It's their planet. Yeah, we're visiting it. Everything. Wait. Uh, no, but. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that I think that the reason that documentary is so amazing and effective is because you never see or you rarely see the murderer's family featured the way this family's featured. So you go through it with the family and you want what the family wants because there's so much pain and horror going on and the layers keep unpeeling where you're like oh no so then you start to understand why Mm -hmm. people do the things they i had it was so watching it was so problematic for me because it kind of it made me what's so funny about the the documentary is clearly made from a standpoint that he is innocent which is so ironic that it made me 100% sure that he's guilty. So there's something fucking off there. And what is off is Michael Peterson's personality. Hell yeah. And how fucking creepy and narcissistic and wrong he is. And I swear to God, the, the two adopted daughters, they're in a fucking cult. Don't call your dad. Right. Because he's... Because you got to get off the phone with your dad. Those two girls, man. It's very sad, but it's... But I think... Well, I think that documentary wasn't necessarily on his side i think they were doing the we're just verite we're here to record what's happening and what happens but they left out so much evidence that that that's i just don't think that's possible oh okay well but i think it in in 
pretending that it's guiding you this mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. opens the door to let you go that way. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's that thing of like, yeah. you can come all the way into the house because we know he's innocent. And yeah. then you're like, yeah, I smell a rat, yeah. which none of that would have happened if they hadn't done it that way. It's like it's the case of fucking this guy who thinks that he seems very empathetic and that and seems deep and interesting when really everyone is so on to him. Can I read what he what he can I just can we start by me saying uh, when he got out when he got out on bail of prison the first thing he said are you ready for, are you ready for this to say that oh do you have it on go, go ahead and then I'll, we'll see if it's the same thing okay Kathleen was my life I whisper her name in my heart a thousand times she is there but I can't stop crying Kathleen was my life <laughs> I whispered her name in my heart thousand times she is there but i can't stop crying it's just like i would never have done anything to hurt her that's okay i am innocent of these charges real loud and we will prove it in court well if we're gonna i have stuff to talk about about those last two lines too oh my god let's get into this this is gonna be fun because those last two lines oh god i have the okay but really quick so you and i just picked out the exact same moment where because that was also in in that episode by the way everyone he's in an asphalt parking lot when he says that with with news cameras in front of him and he is doing the worst acting it's like of of sorrow it's 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 faux somber and then like i'm a really good writer so here's you can see him practicing this in the mirror it is the fakest fucking thing you've ever seen and it is such a presentation yeah it's so much artifice and the background is his poor daughter okay here we go but i was gonna say starting from the 911 call which is also insanely fake okay well here's what i told steven and let me know if you're up for this you know what we might need to start doing things at the same the same one at the same episode 101 100 through fucking 199 (laughs) is us together but not knowing (laughs) either yeah we don't know what the case is either that or this is because we both want to say something the most irritating episode we've ever done the biggest clusterfuck (laughs) which is why like some people who don't know what this case is are like can you just tell me what happened first if you don't know what the case is you know what you know what you can't afford it please don't hang up the phone hang up the phone (laughs) all right okay on december 9th 2001 this dude named michael peterson you've heard his voice he's a creep called 911 to report that he had just found his wife of 14 years 48 year old kathleen unconscious and he said he thought that she fell down the stairs of their Forest Hills home in Durham, uh, North Carolina. Yep. Michael said that he had been outside by the pool and had come in at 2.40 a.m. to find Kathleen at the foot of their stairs. He maintained that she must have fallen down the stairs because they had been drinking and she had taken Valium all night. Interjected any fucking moment. Oh, I was just going to say, it's, Valium is kind of a one-off thing in my experience. You yeah. Know, it's not like you party with it all night long. Right. You take the one, you're going to go to bed. Good night. Yeah. And destroy. Yeah. Okay. But when police arrived, the amount of blood on the walls made them suspicious. So toxicology reports show that, his, that, sh- that Kathleen had an alcohol content of 0.07 percent how many karen i want to ask you something right now i was thinking it'd be fun if we got a if we got a um breathalyzer and made steven get that drunk and see how drunk that is <laughs> it's not that drunk and i would say walk down like the stairs four healthy glasses of wine yeah because 0.08 is legally right that's that's not illegal in north carolina 
to, to but see what my point is it's not that high right. like you can get arrested for buzz driving because 0.08 is not sloppy drunk crazy yeah 0.08 you is, shouldn't drive at that point you have impaired yourself right but you're not you right. know so blind, it, you drunk. know so devil's advocate it's not impossible that that at that point you'd fall down the flight of stairs if you were running up them not 100 yeah but sorry she's running up no, stairs no, no, no. yeah and She's falling backwards, not not from the top of the stairs, but almost from the bottom of the stairs. Well, let's get to that. Okay. Two. So Michael claimed that he had been outside by the pool with Kathleen. They had been talking because they're madly in love with each other, according to him, until she went in around midnight and that he had come home, come back in around 45 minutes later at two, four, I don't know, the timeline's weird, uh, to find her at the foot of the stairs. So... But here's the thing. It was fucking December and he's saying he's sitting by the pool finishing his drink and shit and shorts and a t-shirt. It's 50 to 55 degrees outside. (laughs) You know how you do. Right. Which is like, yeah, your couch and your warm house Uh is whatever, 40 feet away. But you're just going to go sit by the pool unless they were fighting. For 45 minutes. But But it's also a fucking palatial mansion. So there's 800 rooms for you to go into. Yes. But I mean, like, if they got into a spat at the pool yeah. and she stormed in, A, if she fell so badly that she was killed, yeah. you would hear that yeah. and you would hope that you would... The clonk, yeah. Even if you didn't know for sure, you'd be like, maybe I should go check. Yeah. Even, if, even if I'm mad, I should go check. Yeah. He doesn't do that. Right. For an hour almost. Um, yes. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. And the other thing is, too, so he calls 911 and before the ambulance gets there, between that time... His son, Todd, from a previous marriage, who's like in his 20s, is already there. What's he doing there? Okay. Well, he lived at the house, though. No, he didn't. Oh, I thought he did. I don't think he did. He He didn't live there. uh, He was out of the house at a party. This this was a movie, American Justice, that I watched. He was down the street at a party. Okay. And then came home. So the autopsy report concluded that Kathleen sustained severe injuries, including a fracture of the thyroid neck cartilage, which isn't the... Hyoid bone, we always talk about, but something similar. And seven lacerations at the top and back of her head, consistent with blows from a blunt object caused by homicidal assault, and had died from blood loss 90 minutes to two hours after sustaining her injuries. So here's what I was thinking. Since we both think he's guilty, and it's all bullshit, should we listen to the 911 call? No. Come on! Okay, you can play it. You can play it. But it's... Oh, we can so we can say it too. It's normally nine one one calls upset me because it's a real moment of the worst. It like makes my adrenaline go. Yeah. Like, but this instead fills me with absolute disgust because it's insanely fake. That's why I want to listen to it because right. it's like, do you have it? I told Stephen to have it ready. Just it's just so unbelievable to me. I'm 911. Where's your emergency? Oh, 1810 Cedar Street, please. What's wrong? My wife had an accident. She's still breathing. What kind of accident? She's still on the stairs. She's still breathing. Please come. Is she conscious? What? Is she no. conscious? No, she's not conscious. Okay. Please. How many stairs did you what? fall down? Huh? How many stairs? stairs? How many stairs? Uh, Calm down, sir. Uh, Calm down. No, fifteen twenty. I don't know. Please get somebody here right away. Please. Okay, somebody's dispatching the ambulance yeah. while I ask you questions. It's 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 a, it's a force field. Okay, please, please. He is the fakery. Is he wants to get off that phone? Yeah. He he is. 
playing a part and he can't sustain it. He's delivering his part and that's all he can do. And he it's that thing in like acting where it's like if you scream really loud, then you've are there's nowhere else to go. So he mm. did he didn't start trying to be calm, which is I think what people normally do. Mm-hmm. Or if they're having a reaction, they they listen because they need help. So they want to listen to what the person who can give them help is doing right. and saying. And because and the person on the other line that. is going to tell them how to potentially save this person's life. Yes. So you need to calm down and listen to the that's what they're trained to do. Yeah. But he's not doing any of those things because he just wants the big show of how upset he right. is. Right. And he wants to deliver his information, A, that she's still alive, to, to lie about the timeline, and that she fell downstairs. The fact that he doesn't mention, and if you see the photos, it's an insane amount of blood. And the fact that he doesn't yell, <clears throat> there's so much blood. Oh, my. You know, like most people, if they see the amount of blood, would freak the fuck out. Yes. Uh, no, the, the blood part when you like in the when the one that I was watching, the second the camera goes in and they have like the police camera of yeah. walking in, the amount of blood that's there is so ridiculous for a stair fall for a slip and fall downstairs. Yeah, which is not if you think about like when you fall down, you skin your knee. If you hit your head, you'd have a little bit of blood. There is blood everywhere at the bottom of the staircase, pooling, pooling, Pre- and then smeared and then splatted over it. Yeah. Like it's nuts. And the other thing that this, so this person, Ursula Franco, who's a criminologist, she has a really great uh, website, um, M-A-L-K-E Crime Notes. She she does the thing I love, where she breaks down the wording in, in a lot of his speeches and things he says. And one of them is that when he when she says, how many stairs? That's a question he did not expect to hear. And it takes him 15 to 25 seconds from the beginning of the call to answer that because he wasn't near the body when he was asked that question. Uh huh. So the thing is, and she says most people, uh, when someone is hurt are next to the body because they're ready to help and they want direction on how to help. Right. But he was in another room away from the mess. And so he stalls by saying, uh, um, stairs. And it's only because he has to run over and see how many stairs there are. And they said when they did the luminol test, mm-hmm. they showed barefoot tracks mm-hmm. away from the area and going into different parts of the house. So right. he was in the blood. He was standing over her body and then left. <sighs> Which is like if you if your loved one, the person that you love the most yeah. in the world was laying in a pile of blood. Where are you going? Yeah. Like what yeah. that doesn't it doesn't really track. No. Seemingly. Yes. Well, we're always right. So um ba 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 da 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 Okay. So also there's a bloody shoe print. So so Kathleen is found in this prone position on her back at the bottom of the staircase, like laying up the first couple stairs, right? So she's on her back. Yeah. But on the back of her sweatpants is a shoe print that matches the shoes that Michael was wearing that night but when the ambulance arrives and the EMT arrives he's not wearing shoes for some reason he's fucking barefoot and his his socks and shoes are off and like near her body mm-hmm. why is that because he didn't want to track it probably right uh, so how would her sh- how would his shoe print end up there you mean like when he kicks her down the stairs or kicks her from behind right. or something right. yeah well, also that when they get into, and I mean, we're not going to be able to do this chronologically. I don't like yeah, it's, it's wrecks it for the discussion. But true. like in the in the case, when when they talk about the when the defense is talking about what possibly could have happened to make that much blood that is not an <laughs> not an attack and that many and that many 
wounds on her head because it's seven wounds. So it's not like she fell down the stairs and maybe would have sustained two head injuries. Let's let's be generous because we also know she didn't fall from the top of the stairs. Yeah. She fell from five or six stairs up. Yeah. So to get seven head injuries, how did they explain it? It's fucking hilarious. She falls. She hits her head. She gets up spits blood like they're, they're trying to rationalize how blood is everywhere she slips and falls back down which is explaining the fact that she had blood on the bottoms of her bare feet even though if she had so if she had fallen and become unconscious she wouldn't have blood on the bottoms of her feet right so she did how like they have to explain that too right so that's then they say that she does that multiple times tries to get up falls and hits her head hard enough to lacerate her fucking skull so meanwhile her loving loving husband is sitting out by the pool she is slipping and falling in her own blood and dying and he doesn't hear it and doesn't come inside for 45 from a 0.07 wine intake and a valium I just keep thinking of the time I fell down on the street in front of the movie theater Mm -hmm. my legendary story Where I skin my knee. When you fall down, even like, say, eight stairs, you break a hip, mm-hmm. you break your kneecap, you break. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever does that, but I'm just saying, <laughs> worst case scenario, you, yes, you sprain your ankle, you get a concussion on your head. If you did cut your head, you, right. have, a, you have a little bit of blood. The idea that there's a pool of blood, blood splattered on every wall, smeared all around. And to be fair, the, we all know the head, the scalp bleeds profusely. Yeah. Fair enough. But why would seven lacerations be present if, you know, it's... it's And all in the same spot. It's right. not like all, like she's falling down and... Hit her temple, hit the back of her head, hit the... It's all on the back and lower part of her head as if she was running up the stairs away from someone. Yeah. And they hit her with something. Who clocked her, like repeatedly beat her down, yeah. essentially. Um, what I think is interesting is that there's a spot of blood on the wall as if the first attack had happened someone tried to clean up the blood and then she wasn't dead and there's blood there's blood spray over the spot where someone was trying to clean the blood off the wall yes as so that means either i think it's either that she became conscious again and wasn't dead and he beat her again or he tried to clean it realized it wasn't going to work and so tried to cover up that clean spot with more blood just kind of sprayed it on there jesus do you know what i mean yes that's dark i mean I like the idea that then he's just it's he's it's just so like dissociated is, like but, but you can <clears throat> tell the difference between the blood that was already there and the blood that wasn't that came later yeah yeah i mean there's so many things in this case that make it so he'll never so people can question this forever and one of them is the fucking blood spatter analyst yeah, i mean who who Dwayne? Dwayne. my Let's this talk is, about Dwayne. he's truly my favorite part of that documentary because he looks like he was cast by the cohen brothers <laughs> there he is the goofiest looking motherfucker uh-huh. And the the way he talks about the blood splatter, the way he gets excited, like he's the expert here or whatever. And then, of course, come to find out later on, after this case, after he's tried, after he's convicted, this blood splatter guy it turns out, wait, I have the, uh, the details here from Steven's timeline and also from... Uh, I, I wrote Dirty Dwayne Deaver. Dirty Dwayne. 
<clears throat> a government ordered inquest found that right. agents of the SBI, including Dwayne Deaver, repeatedly aided prosecutors in obtaining convictions over a 16 year period by misrepresenting blood evidence and keeping critical notes from the attorneys. That was 34 cases where he falsely represented evidence. So essentially, uh, Michael Peterson gets found guilty. He spends eight years in prison. And then fucking Dirty Dwayne comes out that he's a lying liar who lies. Yeah. And all this shit comes out. And so even if his fucking, even if his blood spatter analysis in this case was totally correct, it doesn't fucking matter. Which some of it is, and some of it I understand isn't. Well, it's it, a lot of it is just him yeah. riffing. So it's yeah. like him at home going, well, if you do this, then this. Yeah. And if we, here, I'm going to do this sponge. with this. Yeah. yeah. He's doing a lot of like, I, I approximated it. So right. now this is scientific and evidence. Like he does it enough times until it fits the story he wants to tell. Right. Which is so problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And crazy. And the idea that, um, that amount what was i gonna say it was the amount of blood and the yeah just to me it's open and shut in that part where it's like if you're saying she fell backwards down the stairs a couple times it still does not it just doesn't explain that amount of blood right it doesn't right well he so michael peterson also had blood on the inside crotch of his shorts so that you know, the Dirty Dwayne's argument was that could only happen if he was standing over her, beating her. Right. Blood spatter, which is probably fucking true. Yes. But. But then I guess scientifically you can say, but you could sit here and go, or if he, he flicked his shoe up and there's some, like you can't attest yeah. for what happens to liquid in a certain right. scenario. The thing I think is super fake. I mean, like it sucks because that guy himself being a fraud made everything a fraud where it's still it's the amount of blood whatever direction it spattered in or whatever yeah this is not a i fell down the stairs and hit my head a couple times reasonably yeah this is like a murder scene there's but there's like four thing we'll get to all of them but there's four things that make you go this isn't this isn't an open and shut case and one of them is dirty Dwayne, and we'll get to the other ones If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Well, and the daughter, I never saw this in the staircase, but the daughter, Caitlin, who was Kathleen's daughter from her first marriage, um, she said that when they first, when 
uh, Kathleen and Michael first got married and she moved into the house with the family, she saw him with like a hair trigger temper mm. and rage issues several times. Say that? I've never heard in that. In Ameri- this episode of American no Justice, way. they have her speaking and she's not in, Yeah, the, as far as I remember, she's not in the staircase. She's not because uh, she was, every, his two biological sons, his two adopted daughters, and Caitlin, who was um, Kathleen's daughter, um, were all on his side. And then Caitlin saw the autopsy report yeah. and changed her mind. And she ended up suing him, too. Right? Yeah. And taking him to and court winning. and winning yeah. for wrongful death. Okay, sorry. Where were because you? he did it. Because, because he did it. It's like he did it just from the get-go. But, okay, um, let's talk about the fucking problems that pop up. And they pop up. It's so interesting on the staircase because they pop up during the recording. Do you want to get into those? Sure. The gay porn thing. I love that guy. He's my favorite part of the staircase. Oh, my God. What did he? What was his argument on the stand? What did he say verbatim? I knew diddly. Oh, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> okay. I think he had, a, he had a lot of good quotes. Let's get into it. Okay, so <laughs> what I wrote about was that, like, there were uh, there were two motives. And one was that Kathleen had a $1.5 million life insurance policy. Why? Uh-huh. Well, because it's she, so high. she was very fucking wealthy, had a good job. Uh, but so around $2 million with all of her assets. Um and at the time of her death and that the petersons were were fa- at the time were facing financial issues they had $143,000 in debt at the time of Kathleen's death um Kathleen's company was undergoing major layoffs Kathleen was in danger of losing her $145,000 a year job and her benefits and she had deferred a lot of her salary so they didn't have a lot of cash which is why they were in so much debt uh and Michael hadn't had income for a lot of years so so and also I think secretly the sons were in a lot of debt as well because there was an email to Michael Peterson's ex-wife talking about how they were going to deal with their son's debt and in the email it said Michael says I cannot speak to Kathleen about this oh Mm -hmm. because it's like because the money was such a huge issue because who knows why yeah because money was an issue because she was sick of you know this is speculation because she was sick of helping them because you know they weren't her biological sons for whatever reason you know they'd gotten in illegal trouble in the past which is true so so there was some secretive stuff going on about money Mm -hmm. um so there's money which i don't think is i think this is a crime of passion i don't think the money no, I don't think I don't think the money and I don't think the gay porn, which you in don't the American ju- No, in the American justice. They're like Kathleen was on his hour on his computer two hours before her death. And they the theory is that she stumbled upon. I don't think it's the gay porn. I think it's the fact that he was trying to hire a sex, a gay sex worker to have sex with. And she stumbled upon that information. You don't think it's that? No. What do no. You, what do you think the motive is? I don't know. But I mean, you could her going on his computer doesn't mean she found anything. Yeah. But OK, except that 
she never went on that computer. The only reason she was doing it is because that mo- the next morning she had a uh, a conference call, and so she didn't have her home la- her work laptop at home with her. So one of her colleagues sent her some information that she needed to get off the home computer. So she checked it before midnight, which she never did. She had to ask Michael Peterson for the password to get into the their like joint email account. Uh, so she was never on that computer. And he had printouts of a conversation he had with a male escort about the kind of sex that they were going to have. And like when he could come over, I, I read all those e- the emails between the two of them. It's fucking intense. Right. Well, but is so there she, proof that she read that? Well, I mean, no. But if she opened the drawer, uh, one drawer to get a pen or whatever and and found this or, you know, clicked on one email in their email chain and saw it. I mean, it, it, it's so easy when she's on that PC to find any evidence of this. Gave this, you know, his bisexuality, his hiring escorts, his affairs with men that he had had in their relationship. It's so easy if she had not stumbled upon that and then died that night. I mean, it's just, it, there's, there's too much of a link between those two things to me. Well, I just think if he'd been doing that secretly for a long time, he wouldn't have them printed up and sitting in a drawer. Like he well, maybe probably he'd gotten is, away with it for so long that he was, he thought, well, it's not that long. I mean, it's like what they were together for eight years or like, it's, they were together 10 years before they got married. Well, so I guess my point is yeah. this. I, I don't I don't buy the idea that all of a sudden she's clicking things and it's like, that's it. Be- and also because he that's her being enraged at him. I think something happened where he, like she was like, she's like, I'm going to what the fuck is this? I'm going to expose you. Get the fuck out of my house. You're but, you're not. Get, he has no money. He hasn't had a job in three years. She's like, but that's like, so you're saying that the marriage was like eroding anyway. And then this was her the like left final straw. No, I think her finding emails that he is literally planning for that week, a meetup with a gay escort to, and in the emails, rim job, he's a top. Like, this is how big his dick is. He's, he's had sex in the past with these men. He's done, like, the emails are insane. And a conversation of not someone who is new at this. Right. So she finds those emails and, and realizes and comes downstairs and confronts him. What the fuck is this? This isn't like, this is not who I married. Uh, I'm losing my fucking mind, you know, has the emails in her hand, goes to walk upstairs. He fucking panics. His whole life is about to be exposed. But sorry, he, so do we know for a fact those emails were printed up? Yeah. That's that's a that's yeah. evidence that they had. Yeah. Not that they the lawyers printed them, but Michael yes. Peterson printed well, the emails. According to forensic files. Yes, they were printed in his in the drawer in his office. OK, well, just to, I guess my point is that's all very that just seems like if he had a secret gay life, that would be something I, I just didn't see that relationship in the and the way I guess it was presented. I was thinking more of she did something said something to him um, that was more of like her attacking him. Well, so why it wouldn't, wouldn't it be, be you're fucking gay? It can what be. Is this I'm telling, I'm just telling you that it seems really, it's convenient because 
it's the one night she uses the computer the one time and then she finds everything like he's not hiding it at all a and then b the lawyers use that in the courtroom um as this huge thing of like oh my god he's not who anybody and it was to me that was one of those moments in the documentary that was so amazing because then you watched all of those people in durham be like this is disgusting this is horrifying oh my god this is insane where it's like actually there's tons of people that do it all the time but i think which is why i loved that fucking sex worker because he got up there and just like yeah this is what it happens a lot it's not a big deal what i don't think i don't think that the people in durham and in the in the documentary michael peterson's talks a lot of shit about closed-mindedness here in North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they were upset with him being bisexual or having homosexual relationships. I think that they were pointing out what a liar Michael Peterson was. And Michael Peterson was saying that Kathleen knew about his infidelities with men, was open to him being bisexual and experiencing that outside of his relationship with her. But I think the argument was he's he's a known liar. He's lied about, he lied about getting the Purple Heart in Vietnam. He lied that his injury, he had gotten some injuries in a car accident in Japan years before and said that he had gotten them in Vietnam. His ex-wife and he divorced because he was having affairs with men and women. So they were showing him as a known liar and and saying that she knew about the gay relationships takes away the motive that he would have killed her because she found out about it that night and he flipped the fuck out. Well, I mean, look, I'm. it's not like I'm saying that isn't true yeah. or I'm, argu- I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying to me, that seems like it pulls through the thing because in the documentary, they do in the courtroom, people act like, holy fuck, it's on camera. It's like one of the biggest parts well, of that is, documentary. I mean, but, so that, no, that's just my point yeah. of people in Durham were freaked out about it. People think, in Durham were, it, it did become the way that that woman, Frida Brown, the prosecutor okay. starts talking about him and this, yeah, and gay. her, and it, mm. she's, so evil about it it's like she's like the wicked witch of the west so that to me i felt like that was a card that they played to cast him in this light in the courtroom to make him look bad and then when you watch the documentary you're like well those people are bad and that makes him good and so you start playing against you know what i mean it's like yeah they're bad and he's good but maybe but i think maybe the card was he's I think they were surprised to hear that a married, a straight married man was having these illicit relationships with men. I don't think it was that he's having relationships with men. This man's having relationships with men. I think it was. I definitely do. I mean, I'm not so fucking stupid that I think that, you know, people don't get surprised when they find out someone's gay, obviously. But I think part of it was did Kathleen I mean it's such a it's such a great narrative of she found out this thing about him that he you know even if she knew he looked at gay porn found out that he is uh he's planning on meeting up with and paying for sex from a a gay escort she found out that night that's the night she died like the fact that she was on the computer that night even though she's never on the computer and but, that's but the we night don't she know for slipped fa- and but fell. we don't know fat for a fact that's the night she found out we just know that he had printed up emails right. and that he erased that like that the cops found out he was erasing stuff off his computer right. and then they went in and were like your computer's filled with gay porn yeah. and but, you're having these affairs but we don't she know went she on, found out but she went on the computer for, for the first time in a long time that night that she died yes i get that that's a crazy coincidence it's not though i mean i just don't I'm think saying it it's is. not a crazy coincidence it's not a coincidence it's like that's the motive 
that she found out that he was paying for sex from a gay guy. But I get it. My thing is, I think it's too much of a coincidence to say all of those things happened because she was like, oh, I got to check my email here. I, I, in my mind, that's, that's a thing that got pulled through so that it would be like, yeah, you know, salacious. So it would be against him. And, and then, you know, and then when the documentary comes and everyone in like 2015 or yeah. whenever it was looks at that, they're like, well, fuck those yeah. Southern uh, bigots. Yeah. And then, and that makes him look good somehow. Mm-hmm. But I guess my point was, I think something else happened, uh, that would, like when he talks and he is so remote and calm and oh he's just so affable and so intelligent and so you see that thing where it's like but the one thing that would turn him and i don't i'm not saying i know what it is i'm just saying it's a thing that makes him snap go into a rage and then beat her till the whole fucking stairwell is bloody so like it's not it's not like hey you and you you yeah. did this and you did that or her like being shrill and up maybe his, he's his never face. been abusive before he no probably- he has been oh he has he yes but the well then we get into okay. right then Ooh. we get into the family friend the the woman in germany but who is they that find abu- out. okay yes so the other weird bombshell that came out during the it was during the staircase being filmed well, it's during the case, but I mean, it's yeah. because her Kathleen's, uh, uh, is it Kathleen's sister or his first wife's sister uh-huh. calls and says, you do realize, right? Oh no, sorry. It's the girl's mother's sister. So it's the okay. girl's aunts that, that Michael Peterson is their, his wards. And the aunt calls and says, you do realize their mother was like died at the bottom of a staircase after he walked them home. And he after, was the last person to see her alive. Yeah. He walked the mother and girls home after they ate dinner at the Peterson's house. And then a neighbor saw him running out of the house <gasps> later on. And she was found at the bottom of the stairs with seven lacerations on her head. On the back of her head. Exactly the same fucking death 20 years before. That's... Yeah insanity it it here let's see uh okay so yeah so so two decades before michael peterson found kathleen at the bottom of her stairs he had been friends with another woman named elizabeth ratliff and they had all lived in germany uh michael peterson was married to his first wife at the time had his two sons elizabeth apparently died after a fall down a staircase and Michael had been the last person to see alive. They ruled, authorities ruled Ratliff's death to be of natural causes, concluding that a cerebral hemorrhage caused her to fall and strike her head. Which makes absolutely no sense. Right. So they're saying something, basically she was at the top of the stairs, went, oh my god, my head and fell down the stairs, got seven lacerations. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, almost it's the like same thing. W- that one time you went, you you get what happened. You get why they concluded that. And, you know what I mean? It's almost sure. like, yeah, okay. That could have happened. Fell down the stairs. Right. Not looking into she it. She had had headaches before, like supposedly it had headaches before, weeks before that happened. So... She also looks so fucking identical. Elizabeth Ratcliffe and Kathleen look like they could be fucking sisters in the most insane way. Yes. There's a part where there's side by sides of Elizabeth in the like 70s, probably, and Kathleen. And you could completely go, oh, that's her in the 70s and that's her now. Yeah. Totally. They look so similar. Totally. It's insane. And it's this thing of like, 
you know, did he kill the first woman? Did he kill Elizabeth or did Elizabeth just die that way? And so when he killed Kathleen 20 years later, he set up her body to look the way Elizabeth, you know, like maybe he didn't kill Elizabeth the first one. Maybe she actually died that way. And he, and he, in this moment of like, well, I need to set the body to look like it was an accident kind of recreated the same scene but that would mean he was at the scene right right because he probably no he found her body he came he came uh, when the nanny found elizabeth ratcliffe's body she went and got michael peterson oh so he saw it yeah okay but i also don't believe that i think he killed no no well also because it doesn't explain the seven lacerations it doesn't explain it's like um in the what was that fucking uh uh Jessica Beale show oh, called. Yeah, uh, The Sinner. Remember when she stabs him the exact same way? Yeah. It's that's what it reminds me of, where it's like seven seven head lacerations where it's like if if it's a blow poke or if it's whatever the thing is, it's like someone goes, fuck you, walks away from him, goes upstairs or however it happens, and he just walks up and goes, no 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 no. And like that's his muscle memory. That's what he does to stop someone and it's a rageaholic explosion where it's like this crazy attack and it happens the same way and then i mean who knows this is all obviously bullshit theory but but we're right but but to me he does really seem like one of those people that's like he's gonna keep it so chill no matter what because he does it all the way through the it's so crazy talking to camera in the staircase is like one of the most infuriating things to me this is why part of the reason why i didn't i couldn't watch more than five episodes is i was just like i do not want to see this man again and hear him speak like it was one of those things where vince had to be like okay georgia we need to go to bed because i was screaming at him about not screaming but i was like oh you know just yelling at him because he's such a fucking narcissistic and he creep. does that, he's a little bit of a like mr magoo where he's like oh i don't really right. know okay. he's making jokes he's like his brother's there and they're all just kind of oh well that's very interesting yeah and it's there's no shame there's doesn't seem to be any um, real affect yeah. so he's not like you don't see him he the, the only time he ever seems like worried or to have real human reactions is when they're talking about how much jail time he's right. looking at other than that it's like oh kathleen she was really something he also doesn't he answers things in a way incorrectly like so i I printed out this thing from the malky crime notes where um so okay so at the at the end of that i whisper her name bullshit Mm -hmm. when he says uh i would never have done anything to hurt her he the way he says that it's an unreliable so she's this chick ursula franco says it's an unreliable denial saying i would have never done anything to hurt her and then you can add in unless blah 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 <laughs> unless she sat on the she stairs she had done something wrong yeah. i would have never done anything to hurt her to begin right. with right um and then he also says hurt instead of kill to minimize and distance himself from what happened to deal with the negative emotions. Um, and she says it's a common strategy used by guilty people to deal with feelings of guilt. And then he says, um, I am innocent of these charges. That doesn't mean he didn't kill her. He's innocent of the charges he's being brought up on. Right. Right. So uh, it's it's another uh, not reliable denial to affirm to be innocent is different from saying I didn't kill yeah, which is expected when people say they are innocent, they're just denying the conclusion that they are guilty. And just when they say uh, and when they say I didn't do it, they are denying the action. So 
he's saying he's guilt he's not guilty of the charges leaving out what the charges are again not telling you i'm and, innocent of killing my wife and, and it's that uh it's the super egomaniacal thing of i am innocent yeah this is about I me and innocent. i'm being persecuted and it's so sad for me right i, I didn't kill my wife yeah. i would never i would never hurt kathleen yes nothing like that i will i would never hurt kathleen conceptually right, right. i mean not really yeah but yeah it's so fucked up oh and then he says uh in in the uh oh he else says i'm truly innocent of these charges just of course when you say truly it's like why are you making a why are you making a like a qualifier blah yes, blah, blah as opposed to regular innocent right yeah truly but then another quote he says is when i think of kathleen i re-, and he says this in the staircase when i think of kathleen i remember unfortunately what i remember unfortunately is her dying in my arms that's true she died in my arms why did he have to say that Kill. It's, it's he's like goosing the sympathy yeah and it's also like we think she died hours before that so him saying it's true she died in my arms because the first time he called 911 he said she was still alive and the second time he said she wasn't but based on the neurons which we need to talk about the red blood neurons in her brain she died hours before then he says uh then he says he says something about how the last time that was he says when she was walking to go back into the house after they had been sitting outside that that was the last time he saw her alive and then he goes um except for when i found her like he has to be like oh fuck i i'm all my story is that i found her alive at the bottom of the stairs yeah which he didn't he forgot right he forgot that was the story right well the one thing i was gonna say is they talk about um the it it really bugs me like i when i was watching the, the documentary the the prosecutorial team which he hired before there were charges against uh-huh. him and uh what another narcissistic creep yes that that lawyer yeah what's his name uh i don't remember rudolph but um something but basically he tries to say there is no way that somebody could beat uh somebody else with a blow poke in that staircase um, like, or with any instrument that, that would have given her those seven deep lacerations in the back of her head at the bottom of that staircase, there's not enough room that, that you couldn't pull that thing up right. over your head over and over, um, and beat some with that, which is a bullshit because you don't know that's not the blow poke itself. So that's, yeah. it's like predicating everything on this one concept, which is like, we don't know if that's we also it. Don't know if it's a blow poke. That's the murder weapon is what I'm saying. Yeah. And also, or could he could just be holding it right up to the the hilt right. and not it? It's not like he's got it at the very end. Like, or I read in another thing that maybe he just hit her head against the stairs. Sure, and that's that's and that would take a small hit to open the scalp up and not cause brain in, or uh, skull fractures. Which is one of the points that people made is if he had beaten her, there would be skull fractures, and there wasn't. So if it was an up close hit, there wouldn't be skull fractures. Maybe because she died by bleeding out. She didn't die from a skull fracture. Right. Which normally I think most doctors would say if you fell down the stairs, hit your head a bunch of times, you still wouldn't bleed out. Right. You wouldn't bleed out that quickly. And you'd have a concussion. And you, or but, the, but the other thing is that then later on, they try, they attempt to get a retrial because the neighbor finds a tire <sighs> iron. And then they say they, they withheld this evidence that the uh, prosecutor 
prosecution withheld this evidence and so the defense was like we need a new trial because they withheld the possibility there could be a prowler that had a tire iron oh, Jesus. so all of a sudden the same people are arguing the exact same the opposite of yeah. what they were saying which is like oh so a prowler could beat her with a tire iron but he couldn't beat her with a blow poke right that makes it, sense it doesn't it's so crazy also that the blow poke was missing and later in the in the documentary one of the other son finds the blow poke in the garage which is weird right? well the and the police who we all know right. like you know it's we're very biased in this but yeah. the police in the american justice are like we went all over that garage the blow poke was not in the garage yeah. and didn't they find the blow poke without the the end the tip yeah i mean and they all they did was they didn't find it leave it where it was call the cops right. have everybody go take pictures they presented it in court to say we found this yeah and it was on video right like while they were recording the documentary yeah okay. yeah so then we're like here it is we found it here it is everybody and then they're just like well yeah you could have any you could yeah. put that there and then the camera was recording right. and oh my god this is so perfect yeah like it doesn't mean anything but they were introducing they were doing that tricky shit of introducing yeah ideas that are like ooh, ooh, probable doubt. doubt yeah yeah um also so there's all these injuries to her head and neck contusions all over her arms and the back of her arms and she has zero injuries to her knees and legs which you think falling down the stairs you'd absolutely hit your fucking leg 100 percent. so then the other thing oh god can we talk about dr henry lee at some point oh my god oh him spitting that ketchup oh my god it's so and also you know they hired him really early yeah they hired him they made sure he was available like basically these lawyers knew this thing was going to blow up he was like semi-famous author so they knew they just they got their all their heavy hitters like they knew this could be a big thing yeah and they could they could make it a big thing that that they're gonna get if he's the guy that got off uh you know that was it a football player right he basically exonerated for murder then he then they also were like well we'll get dr henry lee he's from the oj trial yeah. and we'll get these people and like just line everybody up so it looks like here's the, here's what it looks like a team of people who get people yeah. off they wouldn't pay this murder. amount of money if they didn't think he was in, you know what i mean yeah um okay so here okay so rare red neurons Okay, basically there were these neurons in Kathleen's brain that were consistent with uh, the brain having uh, a long period, like a couple hours, lack of oxygen before dying. So essentially it shows that these injuries to her head happened hours before he called 911 and she died. And to me, that's... uh, yeah this means she was unconscious a while before she actually died right so that to me that's all you that's all you really need like because it's even longer than his claimed 45 minutes of like i was out drinking by the pool and and when when he found her and he's on 911 he's like she's alive so that would have been 45 minutes yeah and that's not consistent with you can't neurons don't lie right that's that's dude that's deep science yeah also um the uh, thyroid cartilage that was that was damaged. Uh-huh. I can't and remember her neck. What, yeah, yeah. How they described that was it like? Uh, you, you can't break cartilage, right? So it's like it was, it, but it was hemorrhaging. Yeah, and so basically. That means when your thyroid cartilage is damaged, uh-huh. that's strangulation. It says and a it, fracture of the thyroid neck cartilage. Oh, okay. So you can fracture it. So, but it's, 
it's pressure on the neck it's indicative of being strangled Uh but it also is hemorrhaged so she was being strangled she was alive this isn't a thing where she fell down the stairs broke her neck yeah and that's why that was damaged she she was strangled while alive yeah almost like someone was holding her down yeah and also had their foot on the back of her leg to keep her in place and was straddling her at the same time. And that's how he got blood spatters on the inside of his shorts. Yeah. And just hit her on the back of the head as right. she was sitting on the stairs, flipped her over so that she looked like she had tumbled right. down. Tried to clean up a little bit. She came back. She came back to consciousness, consciousness, consciousness. And... He had to hit her again, covered up those blood spatters, called 911. I mean, or a prowler came in and hit her with an owl. <laughs> That's Let's the, add those together. The if we're going to fucking do this. The owl theory, the idea of the owl theory is uh, from a neighbor, like a nosy neighbor who has nothing to do with the case, but he's like, I, I know what this is and it can't be him. And this is really what it is. When you, for me, people believe it though. People totally believe we're it. We're going to get to that. And I get the thing where people, I was looking up owl injuries today because yeah. I was like, what do those look like compared to what these, both of these cases of both of these women with seven lacerations on the back of their head, what do they look like? Not the same because owl talons look like puncture wounds. Right. And these and the lacerations are long drag marky, like cut deep cuts. They'll do the impetus. What do they put it when they put the talon over the wound to show you what it looks like. But actually, uh, owl talons, it's not three claws in the front and one in the back. It's they have three and it's, you know, listen, yes, I'm not a fucking it's, the, it's mostly just those three that go like that right they're kind of like they take up all that space and, and the one in the back up here and fun and cool and i like reading about it but it's not true i don't think it's true because you was there are you then saying you would have to then say that the that um what's the woman in germany's name liz elizabeth yeah ratcliffe 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 um that she was also attacked by now. Like, it, you, right. it doesn't make sense because it's the exact it's same impossible. death. Yeah. Um, he's the common denominator. Like, maybe the fucking owl found the gay porn. Could you imagine? And that owl's was like, mad. I never use this computer. Yeah. But tonight. That's how fucking ridiculous it is. <laughs> I mean, look, also with that theory, he it was long ago enough that he could have been keeping all of his porn in a little file that said porn underneath it. And then she was like, you know what? I'm That's just gonna, true. What kind of women does he like? What and kind you know of boobs what? Like, is he into? Maybe he was, maybe she was fine with him being into gay porn. Like, that's my thing about it. It's like, maybe he, she did know he was bisexual and was okay with it. Yeah. You know, like, it's fine. Nothing's wrong with that. But I think when you get over into fucking paying for sex territory. Yes. Having affairs is a different thing. Having an affair with a male escort in your home while you're at work yeah you know that's and kathleen had divorced her fucking first husband because he was having an affair so she's not okay or you know had cheated on her so she's not okay with affairs based on the fact on her history fuck no well no one's okay with affairs i don't even mean affairs i mean like you know open marriages yeah and he did write in in one of the emails to this dude he was trying to hire uh i'm a married man to a wonderful woman yeah. Uh, and she know or and uh, you know something like that so it's like it's just such a weird mindset it's like he does whatever he wants right and rationalizes it probably 
I think, you know, what freaked me out even more is that the way that Kathleen and Michael met was because when they, um, when after Michael got divorced from his first wife mm-hmm. and I think her name is Patty mm-hmm. and they moved out, she took the sons and Michael stayed with the two girls. Um, the two girls started playing with Caitlin in the neighborhood no. and that's how Kathleen and Michael met in the first place is because all the I girls were friends. That. Yeah. And I don't know why that freaks me out so much, but it's like, it's not like they, they came together in this weird way that. Well, the fo- there's, so there's like family photos of them that make me uncomfortable. Like, but they're all standing together as like this Brady Bunch family. Yes. I don't, how old were the, the adopted girls when Michael and Kathleen got married? They were older. Yeah, because they had, they, I think those girls met each other when they were like preteens, maybe. So and the then fact that but they, they were together her, for like eight years. So the fact that they called Kathleen mom makes me a little uncomfortable. I just the whole the, ugh, Michael just seemed like a cult leader to me. And these these two adopted girls who lost first, they lost their biological father. Then their mother died in these insane circumstances. They go to and live with this family, family friend and his wife. They divorce. Yeah. The two girls are with this guy. They find this great woman and they're like, Oh, like it's almost this, like did, did Michael tell the adopted daughters to call Kathleen mom in a manipulative way because it would make her want to stick around. You know what I mean? Or is it just that they wanted normalcy? Right. And they just were like, okay, great. This We've is our landed. Mom. We're yeah. doing this. Like, we're building our own family. Yeah. And we're going to make this work. Well, the sons called her mom, too, didn't they? Yes. But. No, they couldn't have. They had their own mom. Like a living mom. Mm, I just, they did. They did. But. Um, the whole, that whole dynamic. There's something off about it to me. Well, because. In this, <laughs> I keep talking about like it's my pride and joy. In this American justice, uh-huh. there is a part where they are all, and I wonder if the the producers of that show manipulated them, but they're all sitting around looking at like Christmas pictures. And one of the daughters says, "Oh yeah, this is she loved her stairs. She always had to put her de- Christmas decorations." And basically, she's talking about the front, like the yeah. main house staircase, which there's a photo of them together in her wedding dress on the stairs. Yeah, so creepy. And the, and but basically it's just her it's them talking about it like oh she loved her stairs and like the way <sighs> and it's and but there she goes it's so cute and it's just like them all trying to act like we had the be- we had the right. most perfect life we had the most perfect life they were so in love it's almost like if i guess what i guess in the staircase the daughters the adopted daughters feel like they're being paraded to to show to give michael peters and sympathy that he has a family who supports him the way they're shown emotionally so much and, and talked about as, and they, they speak on camera. So like, you know, uh, emotionally that their dad could never do this. It almost seems like they're being used by him and his side in a way to show, to have empathy because he has fucking none. Well, I mean, they, it seems like it's absolutely their choice. So right. it's what they want to do. And I feel like they understand the importance of if someone is accused of this terrible crime, especially if they're innocent, which they believe he is, um, or at least. But there's no room for them to even grapple with that idea otherwise. But you, I don't think you could in that yeah. scenario yeah. because it would be like you, 
this is like now it's us against them. Right. It's not, there's no room for gray. I need or my to be dad. Like, what happened? You'd I need my like, dad to not have done this. There's, could you imagine? Because then if he did that, then he also, it opens the door to their own mother. Well, they fucking end up okaying their own mother, their biological mother, Elizabeth Ratliff being fucking exhumed. Yes. Cause they, and they think it's going to prove him innocent. Right. And instead it, instead her cause of death gets changed to homicide. Yes. Because they see those fucking lacerations yeah. and it's all mirror image. But instead everyone is against Michael Peterson. And that's the that's their that's his narrative is instead they're against him. Right. And they're making this stuff up, which maybe it's true because this fucking blood uh, analyst was making shit up. I mean, that's that's the nothing is simple. Nothing is simple and nothing is ever all one way. These are the good guys and these are the bad guys ever. I have room for the fact that I could be totally fucking wrong about all of this and he might be innocent. A hundred percent. I am not. I will never be like. Not never, but there's room for that. Yes, there is. This is just how this seems based on the information that I've been able to find. And the vibes. And the vibes. it's that vibe that that's the thing that drives me the craziest is I just want to go. You don't think you're convincing me of all people because I don't buy your dumb pipe. Bullshit. Those eyebrows in that pipe are not fooling me. And also, it's just the di- I'm a, I'm a, I'm like I'm a connoisseur of good acting, and you, this is not good acting <laughs> at really all. Not. And at why all. are you acting to begin with? Yes, why can't good you just or bad? Talk? It's like you can still tell acting whether it's good or bad. The, why mean, are you bothering? The thing that we both named, the thing that I played a recording of, is it's terrible acting. It is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It's the there is absolutely nothing genuine about it no. whatsoever. It is as rehearsed it's like bad community theater it's the first time of him speaking to the media too and yes. he thinks that's what's going to make them get on his side yes because he doesn't understand basic human emotions such as be if you're crying and you are freaking out about what's going on people are on your side because they're like that's a real emotion right that's how he's real Ugh. and now i can hear the people that would argue of like nobody grieves the same right. or he was in a that's position not grieving that he was in a position that nobody could anticipate or imagine well then so why did he have a prepared doing... corny ass fucking statement exactly right he's not this isn't like they they trapped him on the street yeah. and forced him to give a statement. This was him breaking his silence to the press and giving a an official statement and so about the, these are the words he thought would work. Yes. So fuck you. Yes. It's so crazy. And now I told you that my, the the way I realized he was he was guilty. Tell me. I had been watching it was the last season of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was the last season. And it was right at the end where everything's going crazy and Walt keeps having to leave and then he comes back to the family and, you know, his wife's mm, like, what the fuck? Hated it. And he was always lying. And there was a part where he is trying to, you know, the thing where he would always make breakfast. So he was trying to make breakfast and look, I'm yeah. making breakfast pancakes, normalcy, everybody. Normalcy, normalcy. And he is as... Um, I think either his son or his wife are trying to talk to him and he's opening these drawers and kind of going, what? No, yes, of course. And like keeps mm-hmm. fucking with the cupboards and doing stuff while answering questions and like mm. trying to pretend to think, but then doing stuff with the cupboards. There is an almost exact <gasps> scene in the staircase Nuh-uh. where Michael Peterson is in the kitchen and they're like asking him some really kind of crucial, you know, things. Important. And he is doing Walt 
exactly from Breaking Bad where it's like it it was such a mirror thing where I was like whoa he's totally lying it was like the exact same thing Cranston watch that I wonder Brian Cranston that's what I meant Brian Cranston watched that. Like, Did this, Jonathan Overholt watch it? Listen, there's a Jonathan Cranston out there. I bet you anything. I you went to high school with him. You loved him. Great and guy. Now you want to know if I he bought, watched Breaking Bad? I bought meth from him. <laughs> um, that's fucking crazy. I know. I just got this weird chill where I was like, oh, Brian Cranston made that acting choice because that's what it looks like when you lie and when you're trying to make it seemed casual and to give yourself time to answer yeah because you look like you're focused on something else yeah and you're not i'm so distracted by pancake batter i'm in the middle of a uh uh what's that yes it's like the weirdest yeah and for me i was like that's it it's over (gasps) if i was on the jury i'd be like full on full on death penalty (laughs) (laughs) well uh, at the end of my american justice your your favorite (laughs) <laughs> my favorite of, American your justice. favorite hour of TV show ever. <clears throat> uh, thank you, Bo Curtis, for your service to us as uh, true crime listeners oh, and Bill. watchers. Mm. You don't know how much you mean to us. Um, does he? Bill Curtis? Do you think he does? Oh, you, uh, no? could he know? Yeah. <gasps> I don't know. I don't think he could possibly understand how much we love him. Yeah. As a... Remember in the very beginning... The very first live show we did uh, was that mm-hmm. show in Chicago that was That's for the right. Chicago Podcast Festival. And they knew Bill Curtis. Somebody said that they might be able to get us a Bill Curtis walk-on. Ugh. And we were like, oh my God. It was like, the, we were so excited for so long. But Bill Curtis, our Lord and Savior. He was he was busy. Anyhow, oh. at the end of This American Justice, okay. my television show that I produce, um, <laughs> there's a jailhouse interview with Michael Peterson. Uh-huh. And in it, he says... I'm in uh, in here. I'm as free as I would be out there. And to me, that's that thing of like the truly psychotic Mm. where he's basically saying you haven't gotten me. Yeah. Like you, you can do anything you want, but you haven't gotten me. It's also like this. The system is so messed up outside of here, like the government and your life and stuff. It's the same as in here when really instead of being like, I'm in here because I killed my wife. Right. Or I'm in here because of a huge miscarriage of justice. Right. Please yes. do something. This There's is a wrong. camera. Like he's Listen okay with it. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm, I didn't <gasps> kill her. Yeah. None of that's happening. He's like, look what your life. He basically is trying to say some bullshit theory of like, you know, you, whether your life is heaven or hell, it's all in your mind. And he's like at peace with it. He's yes. Basically he goes, I'm not saying I like jail, obviously, but. Like and but it's this thing where to me it's what it is about Michael Peterson, which is to me what's fascinating about killers and psychopaths and all those people where they have they have to do it. They have to win. Mm-hmm. They can't not say that thing. So even if it's gonna make them look even guiltier, that's his MO. That's He's his letting you know goal. he has to tell you. You didn't get me. Yes, I'm wearing this jail outfit. Yes, I'm in here, but but no, I'm actually free. Right. So, you know, or too almost bad. this like he thinks of himself as this beautiful mis uh, miscarriage of justice. Yeah. And this like He's a martyr. He's a martyr. Yeah. 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 And it's like, dude, this isn't the, He's your the, wife is dead. Right. There's no there's no talk of her. Yeah. Oy I know, I know. But the the that um, American Justice was 
uh, made in like 2004 or five. Uh-huh. So they had no idea right. that this story continues for quite some time after. Well, that's what's funny about this this a novel idea episode of Forensic Files, which you can watch <laughs> on YouTube, is that I think that they get so. Of course, it's before we find out all of these issues around it and our friend dirty Dwayne is <laughs> in it like being interviewed as the guy who solved the case yes and so that's problematic but i think really if you ignore that i think that that episode gets it correct the whole thing is correct it's just the the shit that happens afterwards is problematic so it's so funny that this like dated forensic files without the uh you know fucking addendums and shit yeah I think it's correct. I do too. Yeah. I mean, but it does it really well to show you exactly why he's guilty. And then so much shit comes out later. That whole thing was like, what is real? Ugh, nothing. I mean, blood spatter evidence experts are fraudulent to the core where it's not even a real thing. Yeah. You can't even, you can't even rely on them. Who can you rely on? Whoever the other person is that's made up their specialty of like, no, 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 I did this in my basement. Don't worry. I tested it out on myself. We had a great time. Here's the video. We laughed. We loved. Well, shit. That's fucking Michael. The murder of Kathleen Peterson by Michael Peterson. And in Steven's timeline that I was reading off of, he said that those French documentarians have another as yet to be released as of December 2017, but mm. they have a third. Yeah, they're working on a third documentary because he was released this year. Yeah, he got so he did uh, an Alfred plea, which we know from the West Memphis Three basically says that, you know, that the state has enough to convict you. But so you're. You're agreeing that they have enough to convict you, but you didn't. You're you're still saying you're not guilty. Yeah, you're not pleading guilty. Right. Yeah. So he's out now. Yeah, he had a time served situation. Right. Uh, Which we don't need to get into. All right. Bye. No, 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 no. I just mean like (laughs) he served eighty six months, and so now he and it's concurrent with the yeah all of the the way he gets out and gets bonds and in between shit and all that him going in and out of jail is like imagine if that was a black man oh right. how you would have would have never seen that person yeah. again yeah that the, the way this keeps just getting entertained because this does happen to other people when it's like oh yeah this all of this has to get thrown out yeah and they don't immediately no. throw up a bond and like, hey, let's get this person out of yeah. there. Hey, this blood spatter analysis uh, has lied in 34 cases. Mm. I bet he's lied in these other ones as well. No, it doesn't turn around like that. It doesn't at all. No. I wonder what Christmas is like with fucking Michael Peterson. What do you think this Christmas is going to be like for everyone? Well, so at the last, so the second addendum French documentary, The Staircase Two. Do. Electric Boogaloo. Um, I have to say it every time. Uh, in that one, one of the daughters, I kind of like that we're not naming their names because mm-hmm. I feel like they are, they let them live their lives. And also just they're, they're really kind of the subject of this documentary. Yeah. It's like they're, it's so much pain for them. Yeah. It's been so horrible for them. All the whole way. I almost want to go like, if you need to fight and believe it, please do that. Yeah. Because, Yes, because it just sucks that their other sister is on the other side, you know, that they're fighting. But in the part two, 
one of the sisters no longer is speaking out for hmm. Michael Peterson. Okay. Uh, well, the the daughter, Caitlin, Kathleen's actual biological daughter, said that when she saw the autopsy, uh, there's like this beautiful quote by her that's somewhere here. It says, the only thing I have to say is that about the trial and all the subsequent fallout is that uh, if there was any closure to possibly come from all of this, it came after sitting through the entire trial and listening day after day to all the evidence on both sides. And after the closing arguments, when all was said and done, I felt confident that I knew what happened. I knew what happened to my mom. While there's no true closure that can ever come from an event like this for a loss this deep, I was ready to walk away and start moving forward with my life. And that's Caitlin no, thinking that Michael Peterson killed her mother. Right. Yeah. So sad. And not feeling caught up that yeah, her stepfather was also being persecuted or right. she just was kind of like I yeah, can, I need to I walk see away. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just awful. It is. It's intense. I'm glad we did it together. Yeah. Should we say what we're happy about this week? Go for it. Should we should it be like something boring or should it be like thanks everyone definitely boring try to do in a very flat okay voice well i was just thinking about how different both of our lives were before we started this podcast or when we started this podcast and when we kind of came together at that halloween party and i lied about (laughs) having watched the (laughs) staircase because it sounded right um and just how grateful i am from this pod by this podcast and the listeners and the community and i mean it was kind of in a rough we think we were both kind of in different reasons and rough points of our lives and going through some of our own shit. And this podcast has changed that completely and made my life into this beautiful fucking thing that I'm so happy for and grateful for. And, you know, if all we ever do is a hundred episodes, this is then the, one of the highlights of my life for real. Like one, I, it feels like a dream. It's so true. It's been insane. I love you very much. I love you too, Karen. And I love that you thought to do this <laughs> and made me come to your house to do it. I love that you said okay. Uh, and, but it was one of those things where it was just like, in starting to do it, it was just like, oh yeah. This is like, even if it's just for us, it's so much fun. That conversation we just had about the staircase, even when we were arguing about certain things, was so much fun. That's all I want to do. I know, it's the best. It's so much fun. When also because, and sometimes it's been, I will say this, I'm, I totally agree and every, I mean, that's part of, part of the fun for me has been this experience of basically kind of standing in the center of an explosion yeah, with you yeah. and and getting through it with you yeah. and uh, like truly growing with you I feel oh like. Oh my god, completely. Um, but there have been times where, you know, we st- when we started out we said whatever the fuck we wanted because we right. were just in your house and then you know, of course, then we went through like a teenage phase where we got super self-conscious because people started going you're saying this word wrong and you're doing that wrong and you have the wrong thoughts and you have the wrong ideas and we're like you have to do this right yes and then we got real worried about what if we lose people or what if we you know and there's just all it's like the natural growth process yeah and now so that conversation we just had felt so much more like one of the first episodes because 
of course in my mind i'm going we can't say that that's libel yeah. that's whatever we're talking we're putting words in someone's mouth but overall that's the, the point of this podcast and i said this at the um kansas city show i believe mm-hmm. was we're not trying to be 48 hours Mm-mm. we're sitting on the couch watching 48 hours talking about 48 yeah, hours to each other yeah. yeah and we've never wanted to be broadcast you know professional broadcasters no. or or newscasters or anything we just want to talk about the thing that freaks us out so much right and fascinates us yeah. so much and we're sitting in this room this loft pod loft surrounded by art made by these incredible people who we have somehow fucking touched in a way and because well, we have so much in common with right that. and i'm just honored i'm honored and i'm amazed and thank you steven too for being here and yeah it's just yeah. uh i feel really lucky it's weird we are two of the luckiest people i can't believe it for sure yeah and uh and we're filled with ice cream cake oh my god i mean and uh for all you guys that have been, you know, one of my favorite, favorite things is it's sometimes when we meet people at shows um, and they say, I've been listening since the beginning. And then I'll go, oh, you have since the first one? And they'll go, oh, well, no, I mean, like I came out in episode five. Yeah. And on that la- on the last time we were out, someone said that. And I go, from the beginning? And she goes, day one, I found you. Remember that girl yeah. that told us the story? She yeah. said, sorry, I don't remember your name. But she said, I opened it. I was in a bad mood. I opened up my, um, you know, iTunes podcast, yeah. saw the thing and was like, that seems interesting and clicked on it. Yeah. And she was like, at first, I hated your voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. She yeah. said, at first, I thought you were both annoying or something and then I kept listening and I loved it and I couldn't stop listening yeah it is cool and we read all of the notes and all of the messages on Twitter and all I mean it's just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense my mind is fucking blown yeah Um, we're both you guys have changed our lives thank you so fucking much we love it we love it we love you 100 episodes so fun thank you for being here with us yeah we're very grateful yeah and mostly we want you to stay sexy and we also want you to don't get murdered <laughs> bye. bye elvis one cookie